Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to a new episode. We are going to be talking about stories of optimism in the face of adversity. I'm really excited about this episode because this is actually the first one that I have ever done with two people at one time. And the reason I'm doing this is because this episode is going to be about my two guests. The two guests that I'm going to have on, they wrote a book together that I am super excited about, super excited to read, check out, talk about and tell you guys about. And the reason I'm recording this little tiny little piece before the episode is to let you guys know what we are going to be getting into today in this conversation about the book and how does that relate to mental health and to mindset. So there are stories in this book, 17 inspirational stories that are inside of this book that really talk about the power of vulnerability. And that's one of the main themes along with the theme of hope that we are going to be getting into from one of the authors in the episode. She's going to be talking about how herself and the other guests as well, they both came together and created this book where they told their own stories of struggles they've had with their own mental health when that comes to overcoming criticism, confidence, depression, anxiety. They tell their stories and then they also went out and they got 17 other authors, well, people who came and wrote their own stories about their mental health struggles, different things that they went through in their life and what they learned from that, what those moments taught them, how they came out of that, and just really cool information that is super helpful and so relatable to so many people out there. So I was excited when they reached out and wanted to chat with me about the messages in the book. And I thought it was going to be a really good episode to have because, you know, it talks about how all of these people, the common thing that you, we have in common is mental health affects everybody, right? So they have, everyone in the book is very different and they all have very different stories. But the, the thing that it boils down to in common is that mental health does not discriminate. It affects everybody, no matter where you are, where you're from, what you're going through, what your goals are, what whatever, what whatever you are, whatever it does, it doesn't matter. So that's really the main message too: is that it, mental health 
affects all people in all different kinds of ways. So I'm super excited to have this conversation with these two ladies who are coming on the podcast. I will be introducing you guys to them in a moment and they will be sharing their stories and getting into the power of this book and the ways that it has affected the lives of people around them that they didn't even know would be impacted by this. And it's really cool and a really great, a really great thing that I'm excited to check out. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as always and have a great, great rest of your day. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Crooked Illness. Today is going to be a fun episode because I have two guests joining me to chat about a special message inside a book they wrote together. Raisa and Jamie are the authors of Where's My Lemonade, a book born from the saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It includes 17 inspirational stories to keep you going and to illustrate the many obstacles and struggles that are conquered. I'm very happy they reached out to me on Instagram, so we're able to connect and make this episode a reality. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation today and leave feeling more empowered and prepared to tackle your day or whatever you may be facing. So without further ado, I want to welcome Raisa and Jamie to the podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello, guys. This is the first time I have ever done an interview with two people at once. So this is cool. <laughs> this Hopefully is won't awesome. Be too chaotic. <laughs> this is awesome. All right, guys. So I really want to hear from both of you. So tell me about how each of your own personal struggles led you both to want to write Where's My Lemonade? So Jamie, Jamie, you can I'll go. <laughs> Amazing. So my, my idea of mental health has completely changed because I used to be somebody who struggled in silence. So I remember, I mean, we're talking five years ago now. I used to sit at my desk at work and have panic attacks and I would just try and cover it up and make sure nobody knew. And I was, you know, in my early 20s and I felt super ashamed that I'd struggled with my mental health. I just thought everybody else was loving their 20s and thriving. And I was there struggling. I felt depressed. You know, I had insecurities and anxiety. Um, and I think the worst part is I didn't think there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I just couldn't believe it could change me. Um, and so when Rice and I came together and decided to do this, one of the key things for me was... I want every single person who's ever felt like that to realize that it's not permanent and there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and you're not alone because that's the thing I felt the most. I just thought I was alone. I thought it was just me and I was clearly doing this whole life thing wrong um, and I don't want anyone else to feel like that. Wow. I love that so much. Just that message of you, you know, wanting to put that out there and let people know that it's okay that you're feeling this because it's not, it's not just you, you know, and totally. it's more than that. And that's, that's so awesome that you decided to do that. And both of you come together and really combine that and then allow 17 other people and their stories. That's just, I thought it was really cool. So, you know, Raisa, what about you? Um, yeah, I think from my story, it was probably around the same time. So I just graduated and everything. And um, I think my main struggle was when you're in university or college, like you guys say, um, everything is set out for you. And then after that, I had a clinical year because I'm a pharmacist. So that was set out for me. And then I qualified. And everyone was like, okay, now you're out on your own into the world. And I freaked out because I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, it's not that I didn't have the independence, but I really struggled with the thought that, um, the kind of fear of the unknown. Um, 
And then that, along with uh, like struggles at work with my confidence, it generally all built up. And um, that's like, that's how I got into self-development in the first place. Um, and then I attended a Tony Robbins event in London a few years ago and someone made a WhatsApp group um, for all the kind of London people who attended. And that's how me and Jamie connected and we ended up living like super local to each other. We're the same age. And um, yeah, I kind of reached out to her because I, I think over the years, like with my mental health, I didn't really focus on it. And when she told me her story and what she had been through, I contacted her about it. And we, I mean, we clicked straight away. So we were super comfortable with each other. Um, and she really helped me through it. And I think that's why we got the idea of the book. So we thought, okay, if two friends can relate to each other and make each other feel better, imagine what we can do when we have 17 different stories and like the world can connect with at least one of them. Um, yes. So yeah, that's how kind of the whole thing came about. Wow. I love, and I remember I, I talked with you last time and you told me about the conference and how you guys met through the app and that I just thought it was so cool how you didn't even know you were, you guys lived right near each other. Mm -hmm. You lived right near yeah. each other. And that's, yeah. that's so awesome that it's, it almost, it was like, it's just meant to be for you two to get together. <laughs> and, you know, cause I feel like the thing is you both brought up how, you know, when you were going through your struggles, right. With your mental health, you thought you were alone and you didn't, you didn't know how to, how to talk about it, how to put it out there, how to get help. And the two of you came together and were really that for each other. And I think that's great how you, you know, decided to put that together and to have, you know, this book out there where you have other people sharing their stories and all the stuff, all the stuff like that. So that's, that's amazing. So I want to ask you guys both again. So we'll start with Jamie, Jamie again. So what is the, what's the main message you are hoping to convey through the stories told in the book? I think for me, and I think Rice will have something different because I've noticed like everyone reacts to the book differently. But for me, it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not kind of broken. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing for me, I noticed when we collated the authors and we took their stories in is these people are really cool people. These are people who are successful. They're like, they've got these great lives and they're people you would admire, but they've still struggled. And so I think the big message for me is for everyone reading it. There's nothing wrong with you that, you know, you're not broken. You're, you are on track. It is okay. Um, and I think, again, it's that message of hope and that's what you see throughout the authors. Um, everyone's got that story of hope in there. And it's just amazing to see how many people all come together, all different walks of life, all different sort of uh, life stories, but we all join together in the same thing. So that's really cool for me. Yeah. I think that that's awesome that you focus on out of all the stories, the common thing that you see is hope in all of mm -hmm. it and that you're not alone. You know, what you're going through is just, it's just basically trying to make whoever reads this book that when they're, when they're done, that they don't feel like, you know, whatever they're dealing with or going through that, that's something that they have to face alone by themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't know how, you know, what it is, what's going on, having all these feelings and things like that. I think that's amazing that you, you know, to have that theme of hope throughout all of it. Mm. So that's, that's awesome. So right. So what about you? What do you think is the, from, from the book, what's the main message that you are hoping to convey through the stories that are told in the book? Yeah, I think like along the same lines as what Jamie said, um, I think the reason why we purpose, purposefully picked such a range of people is because um, like mental health issues don't pick and choose who they affect. 
Mm. You can be from a different, like different ages, backgrounds, ethnicities, sexualities, like everything. And um, like she said, you could have like both of us that we have like good jobs, we had good families, everything's like average and good and fine, but we still suffered from depression and anxiety. So I really wanted to get that message out that um, I think I feel like a lot of people who are sometimes fortunate in life feel like they're not entitled to complain or talk about their mental health issues. And I think for me, and that's how I felt, and I think for me, it was mainly, it doesn't matter where you're from, what you're doing, what your situation is, whether bad or good, everybody has a right to vent about it and to say that, look, I'm suffering and I need help. Um, it's not that someone deserves it more than you do. Everybody deserves that kind of support. So I think for me, that was a massive message that I wanted to get through because I think I held back for a long time because I felt like I didn't deserve to be heard because, you know, there's nothing particularly wrong with my life. Um, but then, you know, that, that shouldn't be the way, you know, everyone should be a bit more open about it regardless. Yeah. I love, I love that you bring that up. The fact that it doesn't discriminate, you know, whether, you know, whatever your background is, where you're from, everything like that, it doesn't matter. And the fact that you, you know, during that time felt like you couldn't talk about it because, you know, would when someone looks at your life, they don't see anything that, that seems concerning or wrong or whatever it is. And I think that's so, that's huge because that, that hits home for so many people. And I think that is so relatable for people of, you know, whatever they're dealing with, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever is going on, you know, just to let, to also put that message out there along with the message of hope that it, it, there's no discrimination in, in that. And there's, you shouldn't have, um, like a hesitation or a feeling that you can't talk about it because you seem to be good, you know, mm. on the outside. And I think that's so, so great and such an important thing to bring up because, you know, I remember you were telling me when we were talking about the book and how, you know, everybody's so different and their stories are so different. And you shared some of those examples with me and were, were kind of telling me about you know, the people and what they were talking about and their stories. And, and I love how you guys did that. And you really did show, you know, all the different sides of struggle and overcoming that and what it looks like and what it means through these stories. So I think that's amazing. Um, but again, you know, I want to ask you guys, so what, so for Jamie, what, what do you guys think the relationship is between mental health and mindset? Oh my God, everything. For me, that is everything. And I have to speak from my own kind of journey here because I know everybody's is different. But for me, when I wanted to resolve my mental health, I don't think I called it a mental health problem at the time. If you picture this, it's like probably 2016, 2015, and I'm struggling and I don't know what's going on. I just know I'm very sad. I didn't think it was mental health. I thought it was a mindset problem. And I'm pleased I did because it made me do all the things I needed to do. So for me, and I, and I want to keep emphasizing, this is what worked for me. It might not work for everybody else. And you've got to look after yourself in your own way. But for me, I just jumped straight into personal development. I read every single book I could and I did um, everything I could to, to work on my mindset. I went to, to UPW and that's where I went, met Risa and I did everything like that. And for me, it became this point where I realized, and this, this was the biggest moment for me. I remember standing in my kitchen and I was really like, I had been in depression for like a year. I was miserable. I was probably my lowest. 
and I stood there and I realized to myself, I have, it's a choice. Like if I want to get out of this, I have to choose to get out of this and I have to choose to not give up because I really wanted to give up. I really wanted to just kind of like, I don't know. I just didn't want to be doing this anymore. It wasn't very much fun. Um, and I realized that it was basically, I had to tell myself that every time I started slipping down this road of like depression and feeling awful, I had to completely work on my mindset and it was down to me to tweak it. And so when you say like, do I think there's a link between mental health and mindset? Oh my God, it is everything. It is everything. And even today, if I'm starting to feel a bit rough, I just pump in the personal development, pump in the mindset, think about how I'm thinking and think about whether I'm doing myself justice if I'm looking after myself by thinking how I think or or whether I can tweak it and so yeah 100% there's such a link I think that that's I love that you bring that up for you of being the the biggest connection for you in that because I know I love asking that question I always love asking that question because I feel like everyone has kind of a similar yet different answer but at the end it it always is that there is a huge relationship and for you the fact that you bring up personal development and diving into that that's, that is my answer as well. You know, that's, that's what I did. And I feel like it makes, it makes so much of a difference. If you can really compare, if you sit and think, okay, like how, how was my mindset before when I was really struggling? What, what did that look like? What did I tell myself? How did I talk to myself? And then compare that to, you know, the work you've done, the growth you've seen and how you are now. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to me to watch and see, you know, how, when you put, you know, you take the time to do that work and, you know, figure out different ways of thinking, you really pull yourself out of that, that place. And it's, it's wild to me because, you know, I feel like it, it needs to be talked about more because, you know, I feel like mental health, you know, is, is when you talk about it, you're talking about, you know, the struggle and what are you doing to help it, you know, therapy, medications and all these things. But, you know, when it, I think it really boils down to your thoughts and your, and how you think. But it gives you the tools as well. So what I found is the tools I learned during that period of trying to work on my mindset are the things that save me now. Mm. So when I'm feeling really low, I'll sit there and I'll think about the things I'm grateful for. And sometimes I'm in a mood and I don't want to be grateful. I want to be kind of, you know, no, I'm, I'm anti that right now. Yeah. I'm not feeling that. <laughs> and it's like, it's the tools I learned on that journey that I use now. So it's, it's a forever thing, right? You have it forever. Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So Raisa, what about you? What do you think the relationship is between mental health and mindset? Yeah. Like, I think it's huge. As Jamie said, um, for me, the process of it was different. Um, I think I initially, um, similar to Jamie, I thought it was a whole mindset issue. So I really, really focused on that. But I think sometimes when you get really severe depression and anxiety and me coming from a healthcare background, you forget that sometimes it's literally a chemical imbalance in the brain. Um, Now, even though I'm a pharmacist and it's probably actually, it's probably because of my line of work that I wanted to avoid medication because I know what can go wrong (laughs) with medication. Um, And I'm, I'm the same with my patients. I say, look, try every other effort. And if you're really, really desperate, then it's something that you can turn to. Um, But for me, you know, I really did work on my mindset and it got me to a good place. But that kind of final push was me saying to myself, okay, I'm doing the work I need to do, but now I need someone's help, such as like therapy, CBT, NLP, anything. Um, And I think that really got me out of it because 
and it's just small things i'm like super science based so i was like i need to boost my serotonin i need to do things that make me happier because my serotonin's low right now and that's why i'm feeling you know so crappy because i would i would do my daily activities i would go out with my friends i would like go out for walks and things like that but something stops you from enjoying it when you're in when you have that dark cloud over your head so um i think the mindset was like the first half of getting me to a good place and making me be more proactive with my mental health and then the last half was actually getting help for it and getting therapy for it and then the combination of the two just completely got me out of it like like touch wood I was only I probably was only really suffering for about a year but there were points when I thought this could last forever and I really didn't want to and Jamie was the one who kept telling me she's like girl there's there is light at the end of the tunnel this isn't forever you just have to keep believing that and it's that change in mindset and perspective that you have to you have to have that route to keep you going yeah I love that especially you know the fact that you bring up the mindset piece was the first half of it for you. And then really doing, you know, realizing and going out there and doing therapy and getting the help, the help for that. And cause I feel like that's so important too, especially, you know, that you have Jamie, right. So she can tell, tell you and you guys have each other and the bond and the connection. And just, you know, sometimes I feel like it takes more than just, you know, sometimes ourselves to get, to get, uh, out of that place, to stay out of that place. Cause I feel like, you know, mindset is, I think everything it really is, but you know, also when you, you know, you put the time into, into therapy or try, you know, talking to somebody and getting those things out there. Cause I feel like you can, you can always do the work with, you know, mindset and trying to change that. But then, but I think that the, both of them kind of go hand in hand and kind of how they help in different things. Cause I know, you know, you said you had moments where you were struggling for a year and feeling like, you know, this is just going to keep going and going and it's just never going to end. And then having, you know, Jamie there to say, you know, no, this is, you know, you might feel like this now and just having, you know, somebody else who understands and like relates to what you're going through and that you don't feel, you know, like weird talking about or put or say, saying these things and think all the stuff like that. And I think that's amazing that you bring that up. Cause I think you know, both of them are really important, you know, especially with mindset, also trying out different things to help with mental health as well is always such a, such a great thing to have along with that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, another thing I really want to ask you guys about. So, so Jamie, so tell me, so tell me about the process of turning this book into a reality. What was it like and what did you learn from it? I know her answer to this one. <laughs> we can't we can't answer this question without laughing because it's really it's really funny because who would have thought a book about mental health could test your mental health so much? It was it was a long process and it went on a long time. Um and we only released it in lockdown so that was pretty cool. But it's been going on for like 18 months, two years. It was a really long process and um there were so many times I'd ring Risa and I'd say, that's it. I'm not doing it. It's over. Screw it. I'm not doing it. And she would literally be like, okay, calm down. And I'd call her back 10 minutes and be like, okay, I'm doing it again. Because <laughs> it was a real challenge. Um, the process was amazing. We, I, I'll let Risa tell you um, sort of how we found the author and things like that. Cause I love how she tells it. But um, we, once we had the book together, we were just blown away by what people had said. And so we had to publish it and it was, it was good fun. It was challenging. It, there were points where like, we didn't think we'd finish it. 
And then I, the scariest moment for me was the day it went live and the day it was out there in the world. Honestly, I don't think I slept that week. It was in, it was in um, June and I swear I didn't sleep that whole week because it's all good and well talking because, you know, I wrote a chapter in the book as well and it's all good and well talking about things and it's safe and it's on your laptop. And then you say go and it goes out in the world and you think, oh my God, people I know are going to read this. And, you know, it's like, it was, yeah, so awesome process, incredibly stressful at points, but incredibly worth it. And I think the feeling when you finish a project like that and it's out there. And I remember when the books arrived and I held them for the first time, it was just unbelievable. So yeah, really amazing journey, really tough. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I'm proud of it. We did great. <laughs> That's amazing. That is because I remember I was when me and Risa were talking, she told me about a little bit about the process of two, you yeah. know, you guys working on this for two years and, you know, how you know, just trying to sit there and think, you know, how, that's so funny. You, you said, you know, a book about mental health, t really testing your own mental health Oh yeah, and putting you guys through this and actually, but the fact that you did it is huge. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. You guys are authors. You, pu you published a book, you did it, you wrote it. And I, and I also agree with you too. You know, it is, it is scary at first when you're putting, you know, you're typing all your stuff and you guys are talking about it, but then it, now it's out there. It's everywhere. It's, you know, people can read it. <laughs> And but like Paris, some of the stories we have putting it together, just unbelievable. Things like things like we were like worked, we worked so hard on this, and then we submitted it to the editor, and we were like, "Oh my god, we did it! I'm so proud of us, we did it!" Only to realise we left out an entire chapter. Yeah, we just like accidentally didn't send it to the editor. Things like that. Things like um, the formatter <laughs> sent us back the wrong version, so we were dealing with this formatter that you know whatever. Anyway, we'd sent him a dozen versions. He obviously sent the wrong one back. We uploaded it ready to publish only to find it was the wrong version. And if you could just picture like me reading Ricer, screaming, swearing <laughs> and like downing hot chocolate as like my form of therapy, just like <laughs> caffeine in one hand, hot chocolate in the other. Just help me, help me. That is yeah. amazing. I'll That's... let Ricer tell you, tell you yes. more. Yes, Ricer, tell me, tell me more about the process. Yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, that's the thing. We can look back at it now and laugh. But at the time, we just wanted to rip our hair out. Like, it was crazy. But um, I think what helped was that although me and Jamie get along so well, we both are, like, kind of opposite in some ways. So what her strengths are are my weaknesses and vice versa. Um, so, yeah, it was a very long process. Um, now when I look back, I'm like, oh, you, you know, we used to drive to central London and go to a cute cafe and order all this food and drink and sit there and write for like seven hours. But at the time we were like, oh my God, how long are we going to be here? <laughs> like, um, so there was all of that. And then there was a the whole, what are we going to name the book and the branding? And that was a really hard bit too. Um, so the days where like we submitted to our editor and we forgot a whole chapter. And I think the way it was, Jamie messaged me and she goes, wait, we have 17 chapters, right? I was like, yeah. She goes, how many chapters did we, did we submit? And then I double checked. I was like, oh, 16. <laughs> this is good. Um, so she's having like a full breakdown and I'm like laughing. And that's, I think our two <laughs> different reactions kind of helped each other out because her reaction kind of centered me and was like, okay, stop laughing. This isn't funny. <laughs> but my reaction <laughs> kind of lightened the stress for her. So, um, yeah. And I think even to this day, I don't know if it's hit me yet, which is weird because it's been out for like a good few months. 
But even to this day, when people are like, guys, you published a book, it's out there, it's sold to like hundreds of people. And I'm like, oh my God, did I? Like, is that really happening? So it's still not quite real in my head. Um, but I'm still, I'm super enjoying the process. And I'm glad we can yeah. laugh about all the, all the crazy times we had trying to get this stuff together. What was, what was the process like finding the authors? Because I know Jamie brought up that that point what yes. was that yeah um we so the way we did it Jamie had a really good idea she's like let's post on socials um to all the groups because we were a part of so many uh, self-development groups um we wanted kind of like-minded people to be in the book um and she said let's post out to socials like a message saying look this is our idea this is what we want to do um who's interested and we made it clear from day one that we're not professionals here or anything kind of, we're just two friends that want to make something happen. Um, I didn't know what kind of response we were going to get. We kind of thought we wouldn't get anything. And then we ended up getting like 60, 70 DMs on like Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And they were like, look, we're super interested. And we got amazing people kind of, and we, we knew a few personally as well that we wanted to be in the book who we asked. Um, so that was great. We got some friends in there too. Um, so we got all these replies and both of us work nine to fives, you know, Jamie's in investments, I'm in healthcare, but within that we were like, we have to, these people reached out to us, we have to give them our time. So we split the whole group into two and both of us called every single person and spoke to them. And we just said, okay, how are you? Tell me about yourself. What would you like to write about? Cause we were still in the idea stage thinking what we want this book to be. Um, and because we had so many good responses, we were able to get a good range of subjects to talk about in the book. And then we shortlisted them from that. And then, and then, yeah, we got everyone to write us like a little brief to say, to just to see how, you know, what they want to talk about if they're good at writing. Nobody had to be good at writing because we had an amazing editor, but um, just to see how their advice reads really. And that's how it all came about. It was a hard process, but we got to meet some really, really cool people doing it. Wow. It's a lot of work doing a project with 17 people. You know, like when you're at school and they make you do group projects. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now times <laughs> it by 17, but then give everybody a job. So they're really busy. Have you heard the phrase? It's like herding cats. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's <laughs> like herding cats in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. So yeah, it, it was fun. That's so, that's so cool though. I, I love, you know, just hearing about you know, your guys, your whole process, how everything went down, what it was like, putting it together and really making it what it is now and really turning that into a reality where you have all these people, these 17 people, you know, sharing their stories, sharing their struggles, sharing their, you know, moments of realizing different things and all of that. Cause you know, last time I know I was talking, talking with Risa and she told me, um, you know, about, about you, Jamie, she was telling me that you have a chapter um, on, in, on confidence and overcoming obstacles in life. So I want to hear from you, like what, what was the most powerful thing you took away from creating that chapter? So my chapter, I can't remember what number it is now, but um, because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all kind of in my head somewhere. So mine was chapter seven, how to love yourself unconditionally. Um, my first draft of that chapter was like, I'm fine. Life's fine, but you should really love yourself. You know, like one of those, <laughs> I'm not going to share, but I want you to heal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. was. And then I realized like, God, I, if I want to actually write something that's going to help anyone, 
I have to be vulnerable and I have to like spill the beans basically. And I wrote it and in my head, I told myself no one was going to see it because that way I could actually do it. If I told myself people are going to read this, I'd shut that laptop and walk away. So um, I wrote my chapter on how to love yourself unconditionally. And I spoke about sort of, you know, self-love and the importance of like taking the pressure off yourself. So I spoke about my own journey, how I felt like I needed to tick off a list. I needed to be a certain weight, achieve a certain set of achievements, you know, be X, Y, Z, do X, Y, Z, and then I'd be enough. And that's what I wrote about. I wrote about how I felt that that was what I needed to do and how I learned that that's not the case at all. Um, and I really think that that was one of the best growth periods of my life, learning that actually you are enough just as you are. You don't need to be something, achieve something, do something, please certain people. Um, and then, so for me, the biggest part is when people message and they say, I really liked your chapter, chapter seven. You think, oh my God, like I, I knew it meant something to me, but to think that you read it and it actually helped you too, that's really cool. So yeah, that's what mine was focusing on. That's so cool. I love how you bring up the point of the vulnerability and, you know, having to do that. Cause I know you said when you first started, you were like, yeah, like kind of not, not really putting everything out there, not really doing that. But you know, the fact that you did that and you, and the fact that you realize like this, what, you know, what you're putting out there and what you're putting down in that chapter, you know, can help somebody else. And they're reading that and they're messaging you and they're telling you like, Jamie, this chapter, you know, what you talked about in here, what you said, I relate, or maybe they know somebody who can, who should read that and it'll help them. Mm. And I think that's, that's what I think honestly is the best part just of everything, like of life, you know, cause yeah. I feel like, you know, from being vulnerable, it's, it's scary. It's scary. It is. It's not easy. It's hard. It's, you know, there's all these things that pop up in your head of, you know, what if I do this and what if it goes like this and what if it, you know, all these scenarios you can do, but when it really, you really boil down to it, you, you know, the fact that you guys did this and put this out there and put your own stories yeah. in there and are having people react and say, Hey, you know, what you said really helped me or really, you know, yeah. I think that's amazing. So no. what got me as well was the reactions of people. So look, when you put something out there in a book, it's not so much a problem to strangers, what strangers think of it, because they're strangers. Like the people who bought it, I don't know, in, the, in Japan, in Canada, who cares? I'm never going to meet you. If you don't like it, I can live, right? But when I put this out there and I shared it on my LinkedIn and my colleagues all bought a copy, like my two worlds collided. There's my private life where I tell people like Risa how I really feel. And then there's my work life where I'm fine. Everyone's fine. What do you mean we're not fine? Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a serious personality. And it was some of my colleagues, I think my boss actually said to me, like, I really, really admire how vulnerable you are in your chapter. And it was just like, it makes you realize, oh my God, we are all in this. Like everyone thinks that, you know, you can't, you can't speak about your kind of feelings, your mental health in certain environments. And I know you can't, you've got to be controlled to some to some extent but the response was just amazing and people really do resonate yeah i i can i, I see that and i hear it in both of your guys voices so you know for for you Risa, what do you think of the like the whole concept of the power of vulnerability with this book and everybody being vulnerable what do you think about that um i think that's the most powerful part of the book um, because you can get so many books out there of like endless advice and do this, do that, you'll feel better. And I've read a lot of books like that. And in my head, I just think, well, who are you to tell me? What have you been through? Well, kind of like prove, prove that it works. 
And I think the main thing is that each and every one of our authors really kind of, they put themselves out there um, because they knew that this was, this would be the only way to get through to others. Um, you know, your advice starts to hold a real authority when you show experience behind it. And, you know, like when, when people like business owners, they won't listen to someone who's born in a rich family and had money already. And then they, that's how, you know, they made it big. They'll listen to stories like Steve Jobs who didn't graduate or like Tony Robbins who came from a really poor background. Like you respect their story more and you respect the process. So I think the fact that everyone was willing to be that vulnerable, um, like I said, personally for me, when I spoke to my friends, when I spoke to Jamie about how I was feeling, I listened to the people who had been through it and who told me their kind of worst moments in life. Cause then I look at them and I think, oh my God, they're amazing. I would never guess that, but they've been through this. Um, so I think we made sure that when the authors did send us their first drafts, there were moments where we were like, guys, if you're comfortable enough, we really like you to talk about you and what you've been through, because that's what's gonna make audiences connect. Not like your advice is great, but we need that personal connection more than anything. Yeah, I agree with you so much on that, you know, about the, the part of the connection, the connection piece. Cause I like, like you said, you know, you've read so many books about, you know, with advice and tips and, you know, I'm kind of like that too. Like I'll see something and I'm like, I'm just like wondering, I'm like, I wonder if the person who wrote this, like lived this or went through yeah. this, you know, yeah. I start to think like, cause I feel like for me, you know, I, and what you guys were saying, I feel like it's more powerful when you're hearing somebody tell these moments that they went through and, and, and what did they do to overcome that? Then I think it is just reading a book on, you know, what this is, you know, what mental health is here's, you know, here, here's the symptoms, here's this, here's, you know, what you can do for that. But to actually see someone's story and say, okay, you know, and feel better about your own thing, your own experience and feel like a connection and, a level of relatability to what you're reading that's on that paper. And I think that's the most, the, the biggest thing that I'm excited about for sure, you know, to get, to get the book, to read it, to share it with people, to tell everybody, because I think that's amazing. You know, when I first heard you guys and when I first talked with you, Risa, I was like, this is great. This is really, really cool. And I'm like, this is because I get excited. I don't know. I just get so excited about, you know, things like this with, you know, when you take mental health, and you put a spin on it that makes makes it less stigmatized and less, you know, weird to put out there. Because like Jamie said, you know, when her boss, you know, because that is a scary thing. Like, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And what if, you know, people in your work read this and think, why is she writing that? What is she doing? Is she crazy putting that out there? But the fact that people are responding and saying, I admire that. And I think that's great that you're doing that because- you know, your story especially can help not only people you know who are close to you, but then, like you said, people out here in Japan and wherever you guys are looking at this and reading this. So I think that is so cool. I think it, it makes a huge difference as well, that vulnerability aspect, because a lot of the people in my circle, whether it's my dad or my cousins or like really close friends who would never give me a clue about what they were going through before, as soon as they saw that we released this book and it was so raw and open, um, 
a lot of people actually approached us and like or me they would message me and say hey you know I'm really happy you wrote this book congratulations and I just wanted to ask like I've been going through this stuff that I haven't really talked about um what do you think I should do or do you know anyone that can help me and those people would never have stepped forward and I think it's it's such a conversation starter and uh, like yesterday, um, one of my family members called me and was like, look, my son's going through this and I didn't know who to talk to. And I thought, hey, Rice has released this book about it. Maybe she knows, like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a professional, but maybe I'm a bit more clued up on it. So she gave me a call from like the States. And wow. uh, yeah, or my dad, um, you know, he's my dad's elderly and he's from a South Asian background and like culturally, like the men are supposed to be kind of like cold and like strong and you know um but since all this book stuff came out he'll come to me and he'll be like hey I'm feeling kind of down today can we talk about it and that's huge I love that for that to happen so yeah I like the fact that it's us being vulnerable meant like that it would start a lot of conversations and that's what we want to change like you said we don't want the stigma attached to mental health issues um it's normal everybody has it Yes. Um, and it should be it should be seen as normal basically wow that's amazing i just want to say thank you to both of you guys risa and jamie for you know coming on here and doing what you did you know putting this book out into the world do, creating this going through that crazy process you guys talked about that two-year process that made you you guys just want to be like no i'm done you did it you did it you made it real <laughs> it's out there it is a thing and it's helping people and it's i just think it's incredible so where's my lemonade you guys i'm excited to check it out i i know i'm gonna oh i'm gonna love it so much but i just want to <laughs> say you know to you guys thank you for making the time to come and chat with me it's been amazing hearing from both of you hearing a little bit more about your guys's stories and all of that so thank you guys thank you for having us on thank you so much and we really hope you love your book it's on your it's on its way but with covid it's gonna take its time but it will get to you and i really really can't wait to hear what you think yes. and anyone that wants to buy it it's on amazon so it's like worldwide anyone that wants to get it, it is on sale yes amazing all right guys thank you so much and everyone listening you guys whether you're listening in in the daytime nighttime hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and loved it as much as i loved creating it and putting it out there for you guys so goodbye everyone and goodbye jamie and goodbye risa Bye. <laughs> all right guys that is the end of this episode I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.